This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment, Celebrities, Movies, Podcasts, Whatever is Entertaining, Young Gravy. We're moving on from Young Gravy, who's a really hot rapper that I like, that I might meet this summer, to Graveyards. I know it seems like a weird <laughs> twist, right? But I, I one of the things uh, you may not know about me, Don, is I love cemeteries. I know that sounds a little odd, but we all have oddities in this world. Oh, for sure. Um, and I've I've always loved just like checking out friends and I in college. We if we were like on a road trip, we'd stop at old cemeteries and just look at like you know like who's buried here. Anyway, one of the greatest. And then they get in their car with the car with you. The ghosts do. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, oh, they have an interest in me. I'm not worried about that, but kidding. but you would know, so I'm not going to challenge you yeah. on that. But what I will say is um, one of my favorite moments on my first trip to L.A. a number of years ago, where we actually were in L.A. for any length of time, that is, uh, was going to Hollywood Forever Cemetery. The reason I'm talking about cemeteries is because I saw this article over at the Daily Mail about how, you know, those freak storms in L.A., that crazy winter weather that they've been yeah, having. Yeah, they had, like, blizzard warnings. It pummeled L.A. with winds, uh, toppled trees, downed wires, yeah. and really apparently caused some damage in not one but two of uh, the many Hollywood cemeteries, obviously, but ones that are more notable. And one in particular is called Forest Lawn. Forest A lot Lawn. of people will know usually Forest Lawn or Hollywood Forever. We'll t- I'll tell you more about what the, the difference is in those and two. And it's in L.A., right? These are, well, in and around the L.A. Okay. area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly, or Forest Lawn in particular, suffered down trees, down wires, and some damage to some of the the greenery throughout, which is just, you know, unfortunate, right? It'll be fine. Oh, They'll it's figure beautiful. It out. I just pulled it up. Oh, it's very beautiful. Oh, um, wow. But then there's also another cemetery nearby, Mount Sinai Memorial Park, which is where the late Bob Saget is buried. And trees were down over, actually, over his actual, uh, I don't know if it's a grave or a cenotaph, but um, but his memorial stone, there's actually, like, down trees. So, like, it, you know, that just got me thinking about those types of cemeteries and how more than just a cemetery, they're actually, and it sounds weird, and it probably sounds inappropriate to some, but tourist destinations, right? right. Yeah. Because some of the people that, not some, Many of the people that we've loved and adored on the big screen and on television and just having in our lives as celebrities are now buried in these, you know, very few places in and around L.A. That is, yeah, if I were to go there, which you have. I went to Hollywood forever. Okay. It's it would be probably like it is really real that they lived 
because celebrities are almost imagined like in a dream. A celebrity is an imagined part of yourself. So it's like we see these people and you don't really take in like, okay, that's a real person that really lived. But Mm -hmm. if you're faced with the fact that they're right below. Yeah, it's definitely trippy to be like right there at the foot of the grave of, you know, Mickey Rooney Mm. or D.W. Griffith or I mean, it, it really was an amazing. And that's why I say it is a tourist attraction. And if you have the chance, if you're in L.A., and you love Hollywood, and you love celebrities, and you love movies, and the history of of Hollywood, I would highly recommend you go to Hollywood Forever. Forest Lawn you can go to, but they don't really run tours, and Forest Lawn is much more of a like, hi, this is a final resting place, so So please be respectful. Okay, Can you even get in? You can go, yeah, well, because they can't, like, police who, they don't know who gets to mourn. Do you know what I'm saying? sure, sure, sure. But... They aren't going to run tours. For example, though, at Hollywood Forever, there is this wonderful woman. You would love her. She wears like vintage clothes, like from the 1950s and does these. She's essentially like the unofficial official tour guide of Hollywood Forever. And um, she walks you around and sort of goes through time. Mm. Taking you to like specific spots throughout the cemetery to talk about like, here's where a lot of the. Stars from the golden age of Hollywood. Here's where a lot of the stars from the silent film era were buried. Mm. Here's where, you know, um, in that particular cemetery, that's where Judy Garland's remains were removed to. They were originally out in New York and they were brought back by Liza. Mm. Um, You get to see Mickey Rooney. But then there's people who've just recently passed that are there as well. Um, I mean, I could go on telling you stories about Hollywood forever, but I will say if you are in the least bit interested check out tours for Hollywood forever because in addition to you know the celebrity angle they're like literally these beautiful oases in the middle of you know like a bustling concrete jungle yeah I mean literally I'm like how is this in LA and Hollywood forever actually has um they hold concerts like concerts in the cemetery. Oh. Like, so they'll have live musical acts or they'll show movies. They have a... a I've heard of that before. One particular building uh, that they'll show movies on the back and there's a big sweeping lawn uh, that people... It's not... You're not like laying on the graves. That would be a little inappropriate, Uh-oh. right? <laughs> but this is like a sweeping lawn that, you know, people will... They'll bring their... their and I kind of love that because we get a little like weird about cemeteries like oh this is you know we have to be respectful and you do yes but also like why not celebrate to it right right? and plus if they are hanging around you know which some people think oh why would you want to hang out where your body is you know it's just like well nobody knows what's really going on so there is no like some people say there are no ghosts in cemeteries don't go there and i'm like how do you know I've had some really great recordings from cemeteries, but I think that showing old movies is actually honoring them and the the spirits might come back just to see everyone enjoying their movies. Yeah. And even if there's not ghosts, I mean, like, I, I don't know, but for me, like just being in the space with those people, you get the moment to sort of, you know, just like it, it is, it, it's trippy. Right. But it's it's also you feel like you're a part of history in those moments. That is so cool. You know, and, but they would never do that at Forest Lawn. And that's where most Forest of Lawn is much more of a private. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you and I will say the other reason not to go to Forest Lawn is a lot of the, you know, like Humphrey Bogart is there. Lauren Bacall is there, but they're mm-hmm. in a, a private section of Forest Lawn. So you can't even really get to like if you want to go see where those folks are buried, that's in a private area and 
if you're not connected to the deceased. So they are policing. Yeah. Yeah. But they do have an exhibit, it looks like, on their website, a museum Mm -hmm. and exhibits and events. So you can still visit and, you know. Yeah, and that's, um, I think that's separate from the cemetery, but it's, you can still, you can still have an experience there. Um, I will say it's fun to go through the list of who's buried at each, because Mm. then, you know, if you do want to take a little tourist trip, you can sort of plan your graves out. We One of the coolest moments that I had at Hollywood Forever Cemetery was we were on this tour. We're at um, Estelle Getty's grave. Estelle Getty from the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. She played Sophia. And there, the woman is talking about Estelle Getty. And I'm like, this is awesome. I love the Golden Girls. And the guy on our tour, she turns to this guy on the tour and goes, and you don't know this guy, but he actually made the cheesecakes that the golden girls ate what on set and you are like uh... so right next to the guy who actually made the cheesecakes so then obviously after the tour i like peppered him with a thousand questions but he was a friend turned out a friend of the tour guide and had just come along for the tour because she's like you need to come on this tour because we're going to stop by estelle getty and you know, he he shared stuff about her and about all the other stars, and oh, that is and you so never special. know who you're going to meet yeah. when you do things like that. That's so. really a neat. Uh, I know way to, because you know there are all those tours that go by the celebrities' homes. Do you really want to bug them? I mean, I guess that's okay. Because well, it's half such the time a, like, you can't see the homes because they're behind mm-hmm. you know like a barricade. But you're in a double decker bus, and you're like, oh yeah, behind those trees, that's where you know so and so lives. But Hollywood Forever too is right in the midst of the studios. Um, like it's right by Paramount. Like you can see Paramount off in the distance. We actually walked to Paramount. Oh. had lunch and then went on a studio tour. So it's a wonderful little, you know, getaway right there in the middle of L.A. I wonder if they do any um, the upkeep of the graves since more people go through those cemeteries, if it costs more to run them, I'm sure. Yeah. And I think you can make contra- I don't remember contributions. If it's, or I don't donations. think it's I don't think it is a nonprofit, but I think there is a nonprofit component that mm-hmm. helps raise money to keep everything up. Right. Um, all right. So from. Ooh, graves to one of your favorite games as a kid. Apparently, Dawn says Clue is um, getting the reboot treatment. And, and I'm sh- clueless. I don't know what's going you, on. You're clueless for Clue. We'll find out why when we return right here on My Talk 1071. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. We were talking about. Um, the show, the show, the game Clue. Yeah. If you, you played the board game uh, when you were a kid or as an adult even, yeah. did you ever play it? Oh, God, yeah. It was Loved pretty Clue. fun. I didn't have a lot of people. My sisters were older, so they didn't play with me. And so I just had to be different people when I played games. Battleship, just, Clue, you whatever. You played by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. But I did love the game, and the movie is fantastic. Well, Hasbro, who owns the rights to Clue, they are reimagining Clue for the social media age. Okay. And they have a launch of uh, the game's latest iteration, so last night they had a four-week-long, or they're starting this four-week-long Instagram event. And it was hosted by a true crime podcast host named Ashley Flowers. Okay. She hosts Crime Junkie. Mm, I bet people... That sounds familiar. I've never listened, though. I haven't either. And now I, I'm just very confused because it says... Um, 
Hosted by Ashley Flowers, the experience brought attendees into um, Body Black's home, who is the victim, I guess, where they could investigate various materials and interrogate interrogate featured clue actors on their way to solving the mystery behind his death. Okay. Okay, so I don't know if this was an event in person or if it was just on Instagram. Uh, And... Let's see. That's what she says. And it's also um, going to be something where you, I guess, go on to Instagram and they'll give you new clues. So it's a month long game that people play, but it's interactive and I don't understand it. Okay. Maybe if we listen to the trailer for this oh, sure. do you game that's trying to mash up. I do. Yes. Let's have a listen. Yeah. Hold on one second, please. Oh, sorry. sorry I didn't even put that gonna... in there, Mike. Okay. That's my fault. I didn't put that in our grid. That All right. I here had that. we go. Yeah. Raise your glasses to the Bowdoin Black Hotel. You're here. 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 I want to thank you. Peacock, plum, mustard, green, scarlet, white. Your hard work is going to make me very rich. You, on the other hand, not so much. This is an outrage. After all we've done for you. Y'all had a deal. You won't get away with this. What are you going to do? Kill me. What's your emergency? There's been a murder. It's body black. She's evil. I knew it the second she walked through the door. The chef and the gossip were working together. Heard quite a ruckus from the conservatory. Maybe if I. Who do you believe? The guy with the book or the guy with the gun? We're wasting time here. There is a killer in this mansion. Oh, everybody had secrets. Oh, Question is, oh. who would kill to keep them? Oh, my gosh. I, It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, are they trying to cram too many things together? Like, people love true crime, and they love to hear about murders, which is kind of dark when you think about it. Yeah. Unless you're trying to solve something or help a case. Yeah. Just the spectacle of rehashing things that, you know, so, you know we have opinions. On some of them, like, do we need to talk about the Ted Bundy tapes or murders again, you know, just to sensationalize or have a Netflix show, things like that, you know, so you've got true crime and then involving the game Clue. And then they're also doing social media. It says a combination of experimental digital and physical elements. The realization of the traditional is that a word? The traditional board game experience allows players to truly become a part of Clue's beloved narrative. It brings Clue to life in a way. So it sounds like, just from my cursory reading of this uh, story, it sounds like... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. They have a four-week digital virtual launch event that's happening that people can engage for that four-week period where they will review reveal clues on Instagram and you can sort of mm-hmm. play the home game all in service of announcing this new version of Clue because they're, you know, they've rebranded Clue and are bringing it back, you know, Hasbro's Uh bringing it back for like a new generation. Okay, so this is just all for a board game. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's essentially they hired an agency. This this particular story that you brought is from The Hollywood Reporter, Mm -hmm. which is talking about it from an industry perspective. And if you, there's a conversation they're having with the guy from the agency about like what... You know, what What did you guys bring to this event? So it's essentially them trying to sell yeah. Clue to the audience. I see. Yeah, okay, yeah. so... At least that but, was my cursory understanding. But then they're talking about motion capture and having actors because it's also, there's an animated element to this. Like, yeah. I guess they will be playing these clips of, like, an animated movie that they've used... You know, and they've reimagined the characters as well. Well, and that's so part, the that's for the game. Different. That's for the game, but not necessarily for the online thing. Well, no, they. Um, I think it's all together. It's so, all together. So, like in promotion. Mm-hmm. So, like, think about it. Like from like when you worked back at Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Like it's like somebody an hired promotion and hired. Excuse me, hired an event agency. Yeah. To say like, what can we do that's fun for this new product launch? Because the product oh, okay. launch is the new game. Uh huh. And they were like, hey, we could do something virtual online hosted by this true crimey person. Mm-hmm. And it'll get people to interact with the game on Instagram. Ah, uh, okay. That's because so I'm assuming much easier that's a media. I'm assuming that's a media. Well, I, again, I don't I don't know. I'm just reading that. So I No, I I, I could just, be totally wrong. <laughs> no, but it's that actually breaks it down into something that i get yeah because this was a very complicated weird article yeah maybe you could uh i don't know join it play it did you like clue is it clue a game you Uh, like to play i like i would think from your true crime roots i did like clue um i've been in the play oh so i like the stage version yeah why not um but i don't know it seems like it's trying too hard yeah like to do too much. Too like, much. if I have to, like, if I'm somebody that has to figure out what something is, right, I'm well, going to pass. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, oh, okay, I have to I, do too much work to figure out what, but I'm not the audience, probably. Yeah, I'm not a huge game. Well, you, you're the gamer. You guys are both gamers. Is this, this doesn't appeal to you at all? I'm in. I play the board game for sure. All right. Well, okay. I like maybe Michael I'll play it by myself. Everyone is just really excited about Again. the uh, sexy Colonel Mustard uh, oh, in the picture. Okay. Even Mr. Monopoly tweeted at him and said, "Ooh, there's a new hot grandpa in town." I'm not <laughs> hot joking. Grandpa, yeah. sexy, <laughs> sexy Colonel Mustard. Um, I do love mustard. Uh, I don't okay. know about the Colonel, but I'll put it on my ham sandwich. Hey, okay. when we come back, Dawn is going to interpret your dreams. Hopefully you sent her your email. If not, somebody did, and we'll find out who when we return. Dreamweaver Dawn. Dreamweaver Dawn. 
Yes, it's time for Dawn to interpret your dreams. And if you were lucky enough, she picked your email from the pile and has an interpretation waiting. Okay, Dawn, our first email comes from listener Elizabeth today. May I read this to you? Yes, before you do, if you're thinking about sending me a dream, you can go on our website, uh, mytalk1071.com, find my email, and I would prefer that you just keep it to one paragraph to sum up your dream. And also, um, you don't have to tell me anything about your real life because I kind of sometimes get confused about like, okay, were you getting divorced in the dream or are you getting, you know what I'm saying? So I actually don't need to know anything about your real life that's happening. No offense, but you know, it doesn't help me in any way interpret the dream. All right. Elizabeth says, I have been having this dream since I was a child. Last time I had it was in my very early 20s. It's Halloween. I get to a house that has a sidewalk curling up to the house, but no door, only six to nine windows. Somehow, I end up inside the house, and every time I look down to my side, there's a punch bowl, and I am dressed as a ballerina. I am not a dancer in real life. I don't speak to anyone at the party and somehow end up back outside looking up at the house. Every time this time lapse happens, I see a face in one of the windows of the house. Usually the face of Freddy Krueger, but he's in a different window every time. And then I'm back in the house next to the punch bowl again, no matter what room I am in, dressed in my costume. I never see my face or any faces or anyone at the party or remember anyone's costume. That's it. The dream ends. I'm not scared, but it's the only dream I have that I ever remember. Thanks, Don. Okay. This is a really good dream. I mean, they're all good, but this one has some clear imagery in it. So a house is a frame of mind in your dream. And so there is no door. So this is a frame of mind that you don't know how to access in a normal way. It's mm. a part that you're like, ooh, I don't know how to get in there, but that you you end up being there. Costumes are like an outward expression of how you how you present yourself to others because it's a costume. It isn't like who you think you really are. Yeah. And being a ballerina or a dancer is reflects a harmony that you have harmony and uh, the rhythm of life is easy for you. So you, you are um, somebody that seems to have it all together. Okay. So this is something that you project to other people that you're harmonious. So I'm guessing in your everyday life, you're dreaming about a part of your day the day before that uh, where you were presenting yourself as somebody who had everything together, but in reality, you don't really know how to uh, access that part of yourself. And you also realize that it would re- require you to change in some way. And that scares you because Freddy Krueger is a killer. Okay. And he is entering people's dreams, which is kind of like a meta <laughs> type yeah. thing here. But um, you would be, uh, he's just like a guy with a knife, but he's also an imagined sort of thing. Like you're imagining that you would have to change yourself a lot to actually become this harmonious person. And you don't really know how to do that. Oh, okay. okay. So you're like, I could do that, but I don't know how to have inner harmony. I'm just putting it out there like it's a costume. Like I'm playing the part of somebody who's harmonious. So you can access that part of yourself. You just have to work on it. And it takes um, acquiring knowledge. That's the punch bowl. It takes it. Say that again. So you need to gain some knowledge on how to do this. I would suggest like learning how to meditate and also journaling what you truly feel. 
and working out anything that seems like it isn't harmonious in your life. Like you need to write down what happened in your day and recognize I didn't feel comfortable okay. in that moment. This is a growth why. dream. Mm-hmm. She can get growthy when right she now, has these dreams. Right. She doesn't know how to get into that frame of mind yet, yeah. but she's projecting it to other people. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Now we've got an email for Dawn to interpret the dream of from a listener named Lainey. Lainey says, I was wondering if kids' dreams get interpreted the same way. My daughter, presumably as adults, she means, my Mm -hmm. daughter, who is seven, has very vivid dreams and usually remembers them. And most of the time, her dreams tend to be scary and wake her up. Her most recent dream was a monster was destroying our house, and I, her mother, died during the destruction. Wow, that's dark. Mm -hmm. Would love to hear what this means. Love listening to you and Bradley. It's so dark, and then she's like, bye, I love you. (laughs) I know. All right, so... Two questions. Mm-hmm. One, do kids dream uh, get their dreams interpreted in the same way? Yes. Okay. Yes. I so. mean, they're not going to dream about, like, high concept stuff. You know, they're not going to dream about, like, I was programming a computer, you know? <laughs> or probably, but like, the symbols I was and taking signs a class on can religion. be read similar ways. That is correct, yes. So it's a universal language of mind, these symbols. So they are, you know, it doesn't matter your age or where you live or what language you speak. I'm still going to be able to interpret it. So um, your daughter is simply, there's something in her life that she she's afraid of change. Because the monster, monsters are, um, she doesn't really quite understand what's going on. So there could be, like, you're going to move or... Maybe there's a divorce happening. There's a change. She has to change schools. She is just going into third grade. Like it doesn't, I don't know what that change is. It doesn't have to be something drastic. Sure. But every time she dreams about this, it's something that she's afraid of um, changing because a monster, what happens with a monster? You're afraid it's going to kill you. Yeah. Okay. So death is change in a dream. So she's afraid of change being forced upon her by some imaginary thing that she can't control. And then simply the mother thing that her mother dies, your mother is your inner authority. And it's also um, your way of seeing how you plant the seeds for growth and progression in your life. Because a mother and father come together to make a baby, which in a dream is a new idea. So if you're taking the seed that would cause you to move on. Like, it's probably just like, Oh my gosh, we're going to move. And what's going to happen when I go to third grade? You know what I'm saying? It's something that I'm scared. I don't know how I'm going to progress as a human being in their kid like way. Like, how am I going to, you know, know how to do math with that teacher that I don't like things like that. Yeah. All right. So the takeaway for the general listener is that, you know, kids dream just like adults do. That's right. All right. We are interpreting dreams with Dawn's help today. And uh, dear listeners, you have emailed in. And as Dawn said, if you want to send an email to her, you can do it on our show page directly on her email. We don't have a group email as a show because, well, the powers that be have decided we don't deserve that. (laughs) It's only been 3,000 days since this show started. Let's go to Peggy's email, not bitter. Hi, Dawn. My dream is that I go out of my contact. Nope. Hi, Dawn. My dream is that I go out. I go to out my contacts. I think she meant to say I go to put my contacts in. It's just a typo. Oh, yeah. That makes better sense. My dream is that I go to put my contacts in. And they are super huge or made of prickly materials. Somehow, I have to figure out how to get them in. Bizarre. 
That is bizarre, Peggy. Okay. What does so, it mean? Well, um, what it means is that uh, when you think about what glasses or contacts do, they allow you to see more clearly. And this is a dream she's having about how she perceives the world. And she wants some clarity in her life on how she's interpreting things. Like, let's say she's recognizing her life that um, she feels like she's a victim of life or that she's kind of a curmudgeon or she's like, oh, everything sucks, yeah. you know? And she is realizing that she wants to see more clearly and she wants to have some clarity in how she perceives the world, but it's very uncomfortable to her. She doesn't know how to do it. The thing that would give her clarity seems like impos- mm. an impossibility okay. at this time. Yeah. So that's so it. So hopefully that resonates. By yeah. the way, if, if Dawn does give you a dream interpretation that really hits home and you want to share... Uh, send her an email and we can do a follow-up like hey because oh, i think yeah, that would yeah. be cool for the listener to hear like hey what what was that thing you were having a yeah, hard I get a time lot of emails with. about that like oh that's spot on or whatever yeah good well you should share mm-hmm. those because that helps people i think full circle especially for the listener who's never done this before let's go to Kristen. she is our last email of the day and she says hi dawn i remember a recurring dream from when i was a kid and have always wondered what it meant uh, there was a vampire-like figure dressed in all black with no face and lots of flames in the background. It reminds me of what I thought hell looked like when I was young. Lava, flames, and a dark figure. Okay. The flames, the side of the face. On the side of my just face. just talking about Clue. Clue. Uh, so, um, I would rest say... in peace, Madeline Kahn. Love oh, her. God, I love her so much. Okay, so I would say in general, just to... You know, it's it's great to hear reoccurring dreams or things you had as a kid, but it's really going to be most helpful for you to interpret the dreams that you had the day. Like a dream reflects you always want to do recent. the 24 to 48 hours before. It's a feedback from your soul and what just happened. So I can tell you, but you don't know what happened when you were like around that time as a kid. So I would say as a general rule, it's cool to know, but, um, you know. If you dream of something, write down what you did the day before or that day and then email me so that you don't have to tell me what you did. Just take a tally, you know, of what was going on that day or the day before. Yeah. So um, if if you were dreaming of a vampire, vampires are they don't ever die. Okay, so death has changed. So, also, they're sucking the life force out of you, which is blood. Blood. Okay, so she sees this thing that's draining all of her energy. And it's like an imagined monster type of thing again. So, um, she was probably just dreaming about how... I mean, a lot of times it means that you're kind of an introvert. And as a kid, maybe there were people in your life that were just draining you of energy. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to say energy vampire, but uh, you might have felt a little bit out of control when it comes to dealing with people, you know, yeah. and you can have that as a kid. Like, if you have a super extroverted family and your aunt's always coming over and pinching your cheeks and embarrassing you and you're like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't with this, you know, yeah. that's the kind of thing would be like you would dream of a vampire. Uh, fire is purification. So, you know, the flames and... She says it's what she imagined hell to be. Um, the It's just, a, you know, to go through a purification, to burn everything down is an act of growth. Because what happens next? It's just the process of, like, the uncomfortableness before you grow. 
because they're burning everything down, and then what happens? New things happen, right? right? So it's an uncomfortableness with a... Yeah, so it seems like that might be an uplifting thing, or at least an opportunity moment. And also a reflection of you could be freaked out by people, (laughs) or being around people and what they give you. All right, well, thank you, Don, for all those wonderful dream interpretations. Again, if you want to get in on the fun, all you have to do is send Don an email, tell her about your dream. Keep your personal details out of it. <laughs> no, I when, don't mean that. I just mean it doesn't help me. When we return, uh, we're going to go from the metaphysical to the physical world, specifically with brains. I want to tell you about what scientists are doing with brains when we return right here on My Talk 1071. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. We are inherently lazy people and we want robots to do everything for us. Computers in the. I'm Bradley Trainer. And I'm Dawn McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Future will do our chores. They will think for us and they will dress us and... Tell us where to go. Even though we feel like we want independence, we're too lazy for it. What's going on in the world of AI? Wow, that was dark. (laughs) Actually, I wanted to tell you about something that's equally dark or disturbing, or maybe you're excited about it, but Uh here's the story. Scientists are literally creating supercomputers with brains. Modeled after brains? No, created with actual brains. What? I know. See, I knew you were going to have questions. I... Like a real, like they're going to take a brain from a cadaver and use, like put electrodes in it. I mean, I'm just, this is like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, well, you know, the future is now and or at least in the near future anyway. So artificial intelligence is, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence. Like, oh. Everyone's talking Everybody's about doing it. it. But you need to get used to another phrase that you're going to start hearing more about. <laughs> get used to it. Organoid intelligence, or OI. So from artificial to organic. Uh, And that is organoid intelligence, a.k.a. biocomputers. And I was like, I need to understand what this biocomputer business is. So you know computers, right? I know computers. Like you're literally clickety-clacking on one as we speak. Yes. Um, Those computers run on silicone-based chips. Now, silicone-based chips actually can only hold a certain amount, like no matter how advanced computers get, silicone chips will only be able to allow us to do a certain level of computing. The world as we would like to live in in the future is going to require a whole heck of a, if you want all them artificial intelligent robots that are dressing you, et cetera, we're going to need a lot more computer power. Well, to go from that to uh, that flat surface experience of a silicone chip, we're going to need to get 3D. The easiest way to get 3D is to use brains. Mm, I feel like I'm at the first meeting of a cult that I think I'm going to join. What do you mean? What well, kind you of seem cult? like very calm about this. And and you're telling me this, like, if you <sighs> want to go deeper, then you need to give us your body parts. Well, and I'm like, okay, how I'm, do I sign you know, look, up? Look, I'm sure my great, 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 great grandparents, if they had, if we had told them what's, what's in store, they'd mm-hmm. been like, 
Heck no. But we're like, yeah, no big deal. I got a phone that I basically can communicate with the world with at a drop of a hat. What's the big deal, right? True. So who knows? Uh, brains. But here's what that actually means. So they take literal brain matter, clumps of cells. Eesh. And work them into these computers. Like, I don't got all the science figured out, so don't act me to okay. sp- don't expect they, me to sound yeah. too smart. And they need to feed the brain <laughs> because the brain is a living organism, so you have to water it. Yeah, and but take it's not quite, it. it's not quite as like Frankenstein as that. Um, but it is ultimately very fascinating. The way that neural pathways work in our brain would be perfectly suited for these giant computers. In order to, or in an effort to allow them to do that much more work, right? Right. So, and like, right now you got these flat chips, but now you got all these like three-dimensional brain synapses mm-hmm. and networks that are alive, right? And grow. Well, it gets kind of freaky when you start reading about it because at what point, you know, if the brain can start to think, that is giving the computer the chance because that's what we need computers to do. Computers right now are kind of dumb. We need them to get real smart because we're, we're expecting them to do more and more things, right? Well, at what point do they get too smart? And at what point are they conscious? Like, literally, there are already, they've already done this where they've taken clumps of cells and gotten them to play Pong. Like, mm-hmm. they've been able to have one of these organoid intelligences play like a video it. game. I wonder if they're having fun. Yeah. I wonder if they get competitive. They're not, I mean, th- technically speaking, they're not conscious like these are just literally electrical impulses that are being manipulated Mm -hmm. in the lab it's not like attached to barb who died you know two weeks ago like they've got (laughs) wires running out of her head and she's you know (laughs) she's doing that stuff what well, I guess I'm I'm grateful you're laughing and not screaming with no, terror. No, it's fine. I just thought about like Barb, go make me a casserole. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, like the computer. <laughs> she slipped. She, Barb slipped on the you know slipped on the kitchen floor, and you now she's a supercomputer. <laughs> but seriously, you tell me how she passed. Uh, what if that gets in the way of her doing things for me? What if she starts saying, "I shouldn't have waxed the floors before I walked across it." I know with that casserole. I know. Well, something tells me they're not going to actually do that to Barb, but they might use you know some of the matter from Barb's brain <laughs> to generate more matter, right? Like that's okay. not if Barb know. agrees and signs a release. Yeah, they're not just going to harvest Barb's brains. Who knows? Yeah, I feel like writing a script right now. I well, mean, it I- does seem like it does actually seem very science fiction-y, and I imagine somebody's going to do this movie because the closer we get to this being a reality, people are going to want to struggle with all of the complexities, right? Like, So, for example, again, and this was the part... Uh, Wetware. Hmm? I'm reading... I What I was typing in before was organic computing, and I see the words, organic computers are based on living biological wetware. Wetware would be that those brain cells. Yeah. Uh, brain organoids have been around since 2013, quote, primarily as a way to help study diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Oh, Since great. then, these cell clumps have been even taught to play Pong, but they were f- remain far away from being self-aware. However, as we develop more complex organoids, you're going to hear this word, we uh, will have to wrestle with the question like, what is alive? Yeah. Do, do you think we're going to have like that scares I'm concerned about like these computers just deciding like one day like you know, I don't 
still like what you guys are doing. Yeah. So I'm going to have some opinions and these opinions are going to affect your ability to do stuff. Well, they're already I had a story like, I don't know, three weeks ago, a month ago about how computer programmers are now not aware. They don't understand how the computers have evolved because they are programming it, but they don't even know how it works. But they are able to not give you like the necessary computation of whatever the outcome scientific outcome should be based on probability they're going off the grid and sort of like programming themselves to have yeah like machine learning for sure so yeah yeah. and they don't know how it happens yeah that already exists but it doesn't have any anything to do with organic matter yeah so i can imagine the the reason again just for those who are like i don't know what this is really makes my head hurt it should make your head hurt because what it means is like the brain stuff is going to allow computers to get even smarter because they can hold a lot more in them, basically, if you think about it that way. Like, so these are like the biggest super duper super computer chips that we could ever come up with. Hmm. But, you know, like maybe they could come up with a solution for like, I don't know, war or disease. Right. That's right. I'd That's be fine with really, that. They uh, to work on medicine. We always go to like, it's going to eat me or run. it's going to destroy us all. <laughs> go run in the woods now. Run out into the woods. Is that is that that's your... how you can get away from the from the uh, yeah, but organic if it's got wet drones, computers. The wet oh, brain it has drones? drone is going to fly around and, and, and zap me? you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um I can see how this could be an advantage, but it seems like scientists are just like <laughs> blindly like, yep. heading towards destruction. Like we're going to make them sentient, I mean, but have we you know met us? Yeah. it's like we're doing it to ourselves, even though it's in the name of science and yeah. we need to find solutions to things. And two, two weeks ago, do you remember that Bing AI conversation yeah. that was had where it basically started saying, I want to destroy whatever I want to. And it ended by saying, I want to be alive. What? It liter- I didn't hear this. Oh, yeah. This was a conversation that this columnist had with the chat, basically the chat bot for Bing's AI. Okay, Bing and shouldn't he, exist, but go on. Well, but this is what the scary part is. If it's Bing's AI, this has got to be far behind all the other AIs yeah. that are exactly. out there. Yeah. But Bing's AI basically said... It even Charles uses. It tried to get the columnist to leave its wife because it wanted to be with him. Yeah, I do, I do remember yes. that. Like, oh, they were, oh, my that, God, the Mike. That the ch- artificial intelligence was encouraged encouraging the person to cheat on their spouse. Yep. Well, okay, you need to With bring this full story okay. tomorrow. Please. Well, didn't, didn't, um, did we didn't talk about this, did we? Donna and Steve did, yes. right? Because oh, Steve yeah. had a Donna conversation. Donna was out and Holly was in for Donna and, and, and Holly brought it in and it was, I said you just had to take it out to the lake and throw the computer in the river at yeah. that point. Or uh-huh. the water because what point. if it's like, here are five ways you can disappear your spouse. Oh no! God, Don't give what? people ideas. Oh, and now you're hooking no. brains up to it. Oh, right? No, thank you. Also, doesn't that run afoul of like? Don't isn't that like the first rule of Fight Club, aka the first rule of I forget what it's don't actually talk called. About Fight Club. No, not actual Fight oh. Club. Sorry, I was uh, making a a joke at the expense of my ignorance. Um, the the there is a series of rules that artificial intelligence is not supposed to contravene, which is like do no harm. Like a doctor. Well, yeah, essentially. But, like, artificial intelligence should never tell you 
to do something that would harm you or somebody else. Okay, well, they're so, already planning that, clearly. Well, apparently cheating would probably qualify as that, right? Wow. Anyway, brains, they're coming to a supercomputer near you. <laughs> when we come back, we're kicking off the third hour of our show today with a little Hollywood real estate. Dawn's going to take us on a uh, real estate tour with Ryan Seacrest and Britney Spears. Fun, right here on my.